This is an ABC podcast. The information you hear in this podcast is for your education and entertainment purposes only. The ABC accepts no responsibility for improvements in your performance at work, advancement in your career, better relationships with your colleagues, or simply being a whole lot happier at work. Listen at your own risk, but share with your friends. Hello, I'm Lisa Leong, and today on The Bonus, we're taking a look back at what we've learnt this year about productivity and how we're working it into our own work lives here at This Working Life. With me is my producer, Maria Magic Tickle. G'day, Magic. Hey, Lisa. <gasps> you talk. What? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not fun. on mute for once in the background, typing on Google Docs saying, you forgot to ask her that question. I'm scared now that you've got a voice. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I'll be kind. So um, we've both been testing different things. Like give me one productivity hack that you've been trialling. Well, that's the beautiful thing about this program because people think that I actually do a job. I don't. I actually just research my own life. So I just go, what's going on in my life and the life of my friends at the moment? What's in the zeitgeist? And I can ring up any expert anywhere in the world And my hit rate has been 98%, I reckon, with this show. People come on and they share their research and their expertise and we can apply it to all our own lives. So, You have a lot to fix, obviously, then, Maria, because we have action-packed shows. Particularly with the pandemic because, I mean, we didn't escape it either. I mean, we've had to pivot to working. God, I hate that word. But we've had to move everything to home. We bypass the ABC basically and we do everything from our laptops at home. Five years ago, that wasn't possible, but we've learned how to do that and do it pretty well. I mean, I do miss the studio sound, which I'm sure you do too, and probably our listeners do as well. You know, the one thing I did try, which I know you've tried, Mm. time boxing from near Isle. Um, Do you want to explain what time boxing is for those who didn't hear Nia's interview? And Nia Isle is a behavioural scientist, um, formerly at Stanford, has written a book called Indistractable um, with with a startling yellow cover. (laughs) It's definitely worth a read. So the um, starting point is that to-do list, so the normal way in which we would normally structure our days with, you know, a task to-do list, Near Isles says that actually it's the opposite to being efficient because the dopamine hit you get from ticking off every to-do thing means that you just start doing the easy stuff first. So time boxing is actually flipping it, going into your calendar, deciding what are the most important things I need to do in my week. You put them in first into your calendar and the time boxing part is that you need to account for every part of your day. We're talking the breaks, we're talking breakfast, we're talking even some of the more intimate things uh, Nia puts into his schedule. Yeah, I haven't time boxed sex yet, but you know. Neither have I. But seriously, in in his interview, I'm pretty sure it was the interview with us or an other interview I heard, he time boxes intimate time. Yeah. Good on him. And it, Good on him. I can hear the men of Australia <laughs> cheering. If only it was that simple. <laughs> if we, should we send a meeting invite? And, and what would we put on the agenda? <laughs> Sexy time. 
So I haven't gone to that extent, but you've seen my calendar, oh my haven't God. you? And I have accounted for your, a lot. Your diary is terrifying, but it is it is really good if you have a lot of work on and you're trying to figure out when you're going to do it, how long you're going to do it, you attribute a certain time to it, and it's all there and it somehow stops it feeling overwhelming for me. Is that how you find it? Exactly. So when you look at it at the start, it looks overwhelming because literally your calendar is full. However, the thing that's helped me is that there are a lot of things I need to do to prep, say, for a workshop and I can work back and put that in my diary. And where I used to see empty space and put even more things in, I now know actually I'm full, like my dance card is full because of all the prep that I need to do to be the best, you know, at doing a workshop or doing an interview, as opposed to looking at my diary and going, I have a lot of space to fill other stuff and, you know, accepting more activities. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. But I don't actually, I mean, who am I to disagree with near aisle on this, but (laughs) I actually don't do I keep a to-do list as well. So I do I do the combo. I'm pretty old school. I use a, a reporter notepad spiral bound <laughs> for my to-do list, have a day um, at the top of the pa- of each page and then write what my to-do list is for the day along with the time boxing and then I get the little dopamine hit of ticking off, ticking off my I'm so anal ticking off my uh, my chore, my job and um each time. And I also really hate having to turn the page and write what I didn't get done that day on the next page. So that's sort of like a reinforcement for me. Um, And it's really interesting because my daughter is 14 and anybody who knows 14-year-old girls knows that most of them could procrastinate for Australia. And I told her about time boxing because she was having struggles with getting her assignments in on time. And I thought I was just going to get the, oh, mum, God, seriously, you're so anal, go away. But she actually went away and did it. And she came back and she said, mum, I got more work done tonight than I ever have. I actually got through everything. Wow. And it was a real turning point for her. So if she can get that at 14 and take that to her job, then she's going to be one step ahead of a lot of people, I think. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've certainly found it useful. I think I'm going to continue, even though I do look at my diary sometimes and I'm quite frightened. Um, I get palpitations looking at your diary because <laughs> we share diaries. That's the other thing that's that's really good is is just getting more streamlined with, with um, emails and diary entries and stuff. So for one of the suggestions Neil, Neil has is, you know, time boxing your emails. So just at a certain point of the week even or the day, attending to your emails rather than as they come in. And I've found that is quite helpful because my work isn't like nobody's going to die if I don't read an email at nine o'clock in the morning. So, and if they need it that badly, then they'll ring me. And that's really helpful not being interrupted at work. Can I talk about another experiment that I've been running, which you knew a little bit about the tech Sabbath and give you an update on that. And we can talk about social media. So this mm-hmm. is from Casper to Kyle, and he um, went to the Harvard Divinity School, even though he doesn't um, subscribe to a particular religion. And so he... I, I find that weird. Like, no, sorry, <laughs> why would you go to a divinity school if you weren't a believer? Because I think it's quite interesting. Isn't it? Did he ever explain that? Uh, yeah, I think because his, uh, well, I, he explains it in his book in terms of his um, curiosity around just understanding more. It's kind of just like reading ancient texts. 
And so he's taken ancient wisdom and religion and he has transcribed it to a secular world. And uh, the thing that I loved um, was this thing called the Tech Sabbath. Mm. And so what it is is from sundown on Friday till sundown on Saturday, you turn off your tech, which, and, you know, he's sort of got rules around this. So it was laptop and phone, but like Kindle is okay because you're reading. So you're trying to just stop, you know, that noise around the emails and social media. About fortnight. Um, I think we could probably make an exception for that. Would Oh, really? Would your partner be happy about that? (laughs) (laughs) Ecstatic. Well, so we can, yeah, we can make rules like that as well. So TV is okay. Um, So I've been doing it and, Maria, I have stuck with it. Mm. And I've had to make some pretty strong choices around it because things, you know, there have been opportunities to do more work on a Saturday. There's been opportunities to go to events on a Friday night um, using, you know, video conference. And I've actually chosen, no, this is the time that I've set aside, so I'm making that choice. Um, Don't you get bored? Uh, um well, I think through boredom you sort of find, you discover other things to do. So I've been really enjoying that. And I also... Embracing the boredom. Embracing the boredom. And uh, one other thing that I've recognised, though, is that I still have this thought in my head to Google something. So when, even when I'm reading, I'm thinking, oh, I need to buy that or Google that. <laughs> and then I go to literally find my phone and I think, no, I've locked it away. And then I think that's interesting and then I'll go back to whatever I'm doing. But I'm quite distracted by that thought. But then I get to Sunday morning and I actually have noticed just that little bit of space in my head, breaking the cycle. Ah, the makers of The Social Dilemma would be very proud of you, Lisa Leon. Have you watched it yet? Yeah. Thoughts? I did. I watched it with my daughter. I had to hide her phone underneath a pillow. (laughs) So she wouldn't. So she would pay attention to it. She was tweeting it. I'm watching the social dilemma. <laughs> no, she was Snapchatting her friends and oh, watching what? It at the same time. So. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it was interesting. I thought it was good and mm, so eye-opening. Well, what have you done around? Have you done anything with your social media as a result of our productivity oh, look, tips? I hate social media. Like I've always hated social media. My thing on Twitter was. Do not follow me or you will be infinitely disappointed for a very long time because I do not tweet. Like I I contact guests on social media and that's pretty much it. And that's probably not great. Um, It would be good to engage with social media more, but I just, I can't stand the vitriol. I can't stand the vitriol on Twitter and on a lot of the Facebook posts, LinkedIn, probably I can I can deal with because people are generally pretty nice on LinkedIn. Um, it can feel like a, one big CV and brag alert, but, um, yeah. Uh, I've turned off notifications and alerts on my phone. I've deleted all social media. So if I need to use social media for work, which is pretty much the only time I use it, then I'll use it on my desktop. Um But more importantly, I think for me overall, the series, the productivity series that we did made me more mindful of how I work and why I'm working that way and what am I actually achieving by that. So instead of fooling myself with busy work and avoiding the actual things that I need to do and doing all the other little things that are easy to tick off, 
through time boxing, etc., I'm forced to confront the the elephant that I need to eat one bite at a time. <laughs> and um, not that that's particularly tasty, um, but you get it done and and then you do the other stuff at the end. So I, I instead of working harder, I'm working smarter. Oh, well, that's good. But when I am working hard, I'm also resting hard. So that's what Alex Pang was talking about. We had him on talking about deliberate rest. So I'm more deliberate with my downtime as well as my work time. What was stopping you before? This martyrdom and this idea of if I'm not killing myself, then I'm not working hard enough. And if I don't work hard enough, then I'm not doing a good job. And working super hard does not equate with doing a good job. And that was a real realisation for me. And I think a lot of that is inherited from other generations because in their kind of work, it probably did equate with doing a good job. But what we do, it doesn't. And you need that downtime and the rest, as Alex talks about, you need that downtime and rest to be creative. And our, our work, you know, I think we're particularly creative with our approach to podcasting, but our work requires a lot of creativity and that's a different kind of energy. And did this all occur because you're working remotely? So you had the freedom. You're interviewing me now. Don't think I haven't noticed. <laughs> but I'm really interested in this. <laughs> This is what I do to my family. I sit them down and I say, no, we need to go deep out, people. (laughs) Can you imagine? You will be time boxing sex by the end of the week. (laughs) By the end. Or you'll have sex Sabbath. Okay. Well, you have a look in the diary and see if you can find it in there, Maria. (laughs) I'm sure you got I hope to God you got a private diary, Leon. (laughs) There's no time for that. There's no time for a private diary. (laughs) Have you noticed? <laughs> well, I just want to know whether um, this happened because we were working remotely that you could have a look at, you know, your oh, totally, thoughts around rest. Totally. That's what I was reflecting on when we were talking about doing this is that I think for workers like me where I'm just sitting in front of a couple of screens typing most of the day, working from home has changed everything because there's no eyes on anymore. So, if I'm gone for two hours in the middle of the day, I don't have to think, oh, what am I? What is my colleague going to think? Even though I started at six o'clock and they started at ten, we have remote management anyway, so it's not like they were ever watching the hours that we did. But there's kind of this internal dialogue of, have I sat at my desk enough time today? Have I stared at a screen enough time today? And you equate that with working hard. That is not working hard. And that's, I think, what the productivity series really highlighted is time spent staring at a screen is not necessarily productive time. It's what you're doing while you're at that screen. Do you reckon it's made a difference then in your levels of happiness at work, taking the rests? I think it's made me more productive. I don't necessarily equate happiness with productivity, but I think it's definitely made me less stressed Mm. and have more space to take on other projects and stuff as well. It's freed up bandwidth in my brain. Yeah, I was just trying to reflect as well on what the upshot is of all the time boxing and the tech Sabbath and I think it was just less overwhelm because otherwise it was just feeling a bit like it was a drowning (laughs) sensation before. Yeah, but you have to explain that this working life is your side hustle as well Ah, because people may not realise that you do this one day a week (laughs) and you have another 
big job. Yeah. The rest of the six days a week. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I run um, a consultancy with one other person and, yeah, it's a really big job and also the complexities around, you know, sort of remote working. Um, uh, yeah. So that's been, I mean, it has been interesting to juggle all of that and a family. With, with that interview with Nir Isle, the one thing that stood out to me that he said is all time management is pain management. I thought that was so interesting because it was, it was like, what are you distracting yourself from? What discomfort, what issue, loneliness or whatever are you distracting yourself from by using technology or letting technology use you and not doing what you actually need to be doing right now? And I think that was an, a bit of an epiphany for you, for me. What about you? Um, yeah, I love that. And I often take a step back and go, okay, what is the actual barrier here? Like, why am I not doing that? There's actually a different reason than um, I didn't have time because you make time for things you want to do. So I agree with that. I mean, I think like you, though, I don't really have an issue with procrastination. Like I'm, mm. I'm pretty driven and I'm pretty focused. So mine was probably just trying to cram too many things into my life um, and, and that's why for me productivity is around focusing on the right things, you know, and making sure I'm really happy with the priorities that I'm finding myself focusing on. And now I'm actually trying to prioritise more about health you know, and that idea of so take the right breaks at the right time, look after yourself so you don't fall over, and then, you know, family and friends, so relationships as much as just sitting at my desk and doing my work. Yeah, no, I think, I think uh, well, hopefully I, I know that, like, my family has benefited from the productivity <laughs> series um, and, and other programs that we've done this year, so I hope that uh, – the audience has as well. And if you have, I'd, you know, we'd love to hear from you as well. Like seriously, email us at thisworkinglife at abc.net.au because we do read your emails and follow us on LinkedIn and comment on, you know, the stories that we post there as well because we don't have any direct social media program account <laughs> for each program anymore. So it, it's really nice to hear from the audience and, and it does shape what we do and the stories we choose, we don't just research our own lives, although we do a fair bit of that. <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks, Magic. No worries, love. <laughs> now do it back and Oh, else. that's right. I'm Lisa Leong. <laughs> you can't do it if I don't write it, can you? <laughs> that was This Working Life, the bonus. Thanks, Maria Tickle, producer. <laughs> Um, rate and review, that really helps. Uh, podcasts are great, aren't they? Subscribe. <laughs> is that is that a good back announce? That was so natural. Yeah, I thought so. I think I'm nailing these. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to press stop. There we go. Lost my mouse for a minute. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.